All right, so we're back again, and we've we've got Matt Pollock, and, and we've got Matt. I can't even say your name anymore. <laughs> and we've got Matt Powell with us again, but this is actually just the continuation of our uh, Heroes Behind the Badge event. How's it going, Matt? Uh, it is wonderful. Right. Excellent. Now, since we're in the middle of a fundraiser for the Fraternal Order of Police, I know you do some work with uh, different police departments. What kind of stuff do you teach them? Um, de- what we really try to do with police departments is, is take their defensive tactics and make them a, – a lot of times they do defensive tactics, but their adaptation of it – you know, we, we, we really try to take the defensive tactics and break down how they can do them better through mechanics – through looking at the biomechanics of the body, looking at the base things of why the body acts the way that it does to make their defensive tactics better. Um, A lot of departments are very iffy when they bring people in to teach DT because it might go outside of their guidelines. And you don't want an officer, you know, out there doing, you know, kung fu crazy shit or something like that. Dragon flying call. Yeah. So we try to, you know, we, we, we come in and, you know, we say, okay, we're going to take what we're going to teach you the basic principles of, you know, biomechanics, physics, neurology, and psychology. And we're going to take those things and we're going to make your defensive tactics better and make them adaptable to the situations all the way down to the hand placement on the duty belt, because a low hand placement versus a mid sternum hand placement is completely different if somebody goes into push or grab. So there's small things that you can do with DT that, you know, a lot of a lot of departments, they don't get a lot of defensive tactics time. So you have to give them, you know, make the most of what they have in the time that you're working with them and give them things that they can go home with. And a lot of times it's stuff that they can work with their friends, their fellow officers, their wives, their kids or whatever, because, you know, if you understand how the body works, why it moves the way that it does how the joints work, how your center mass actually works, what equilibrium is, you know, what can cause vertigo on a strike, things like that, then, you know, you have a much more effective officer on the street with the defensive tactics that you've given them. Sure. You're giving them the the highest level that you possibly can. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that I've, I've, I've been – I've caught a little bit of flack in the martial art community lately because they're like, oh, why are you doing firearms? And like I said, I'm not stepping outside of my lane. I'm partnering with people. But a lot of times you get people that they've gone to a class or two on defensive tactics and they come in and try to teach martial art or combatives. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, no, that, that doesn't work. There's a lot of understanding after 15 years of combatives and martial art learning that applies to how things can happen and way things can be done versus, you know, hey, I I went to this course over here. But, you know, I love, you know, working on defensive tactics with people. We've partnered up with a um, guy out of Florida, Dr. John Landry, who's done a lot of law enforcement um, defensive tactics um, and refining a lot of different programs um, in Florida and throughout the country to start to bring his program that he's worked with out there that refines a lot of the defensive tactics. And if any of the police officers listen and if they want to get in touch with you, just go to your website and they can get some of the trainings or even if they want to talk to their chiefs or something about getting yeah. people in, just yeah. you can just, um, P R A M E K.com. You know, you talk about fitness. Um, I had one of my students, he's probably listened. I'm not going to name him by name, but, um, 
I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to. But um, he, <laughs> you almost he, did, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I was about to. But he he responded to a call. Um, and any officer can can relate to this. I know I can. Um, he responded to a call and basically ended up. And he's a big guy. He's about six six to ninety. Um, you know, experienced officer ended up in a ten minute fight. Ooh. Um, yeah, ten minutes. He had he went through his taser, went through his baton. Um, the assailant ended up getting his hands on the weapon and firing his weapon, and then he had to use lethal force on the guy. Wow. And his combative learning and his fitness level allowed him to continue fighting when back up seven minutes out, back up seven minutes out, back up three minutes out, back up three minutes out. And, you know, those types of fights, they keep going if you don't go to the gun and use lethal force. And sometimes you end up in an apartment where it's frowned upon to go to that. So, you know, fitness and good combative learning go hand in hand when you can't get to the firearm or it's, you're in a situation where it's unsafe to produce the firearm. Sure. Where you'd rather that, where you'd rather, if you can, the firearm not come into play and you take care of it, you know, with your hands or what you have available to you that might be around you in the environment. That's another thing that we like to work on is improvised weapons, using the environment, you know, the, the street, everything around you. Um, one of my old teachers in Russia used to say, if you, if you look at it from a large perspective, you know, your city is an improvised weapon. Everything around you can be used. Everything can be positioned to be used. Um, it's just a matter of being taught how to view the environment that way. Yep. All right, now we're here with Jeff Blanton from Leatherneck Tactical, a guy that I just realized when he said his name, uh, he ordered a shirt of ours. He's a leadhead. <laughs> That's right. That's Absolutely. Awesome. He's a faithful listener of ours. And what is Leatherneck Tactical? Leatherneck Tactical, we are a local-owned, uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee-based tactical gear company. We make Kydex holsters, uh, just about any kind of tactical gear, about anything you can mold out of PVC, thermal-molded plastic. I was noticing that uh, some of the stuff that you brought tonight to the auction, you had, um, thinking of you when I saw this, he had a uh, cigarette lighter holster. Why are you thinking of me? I don't smoke. <laughs> Because you've got one customized. Oh, the little Zippo? Yeah, yeah. The, the Zippo. It's a Zippo <laughs> holster. Yeah, we, we make those. We uh, we do dip can carriers. Man, we make you know, <laughs> any, anything people call and want us to make, we make those. We need so. a pen Kydex holder. We actually have one of those. Do you really? Yes, we do. Man, I thought oh. I was coming up with something new. Now, yeah. can you make one for a 50 BMG pen? Yes, we could. <laughs> yes, we could. Yes, we could. No, no job's too hard for you guys. So tell us a little bit uh, about how you got into that, how you got started. Well, tell us about your background. You've got a military background, right? I do. Uh, prior service Marine Corps. Thank you for your service. Thank you. I appreciate Thank that. Uh, I guess uh, once a Marine, always a Marine. But uh, we got into this one night, my brother and I, when uh, FN came out with their new FNS pistols, uh, absolutely nobody made holsters for them. We searched and searched, and uh, we said, you know what? Started doing some research on the internet, and uh, we just figured we could make this. You're kind of handy guys, so that's how it came about. Uh, just sitting in uh, sitting in a room at my house, and uh, yeah, just necessity. Just, necessity was just born from necessity. That's there right, you absolutely go. Right. And uh, do you make them for local police departments too? Or? We do. Okay. We, uh, we make for oh, a lot the, of the. Uh, yes, all. all yeah, there's something a little special about the the Kydex that you make. You've got some adjustments. 
We do. We make adjustable retention uh, into each holster so that it can be adjusted for uh, the fit of the gun. Uh, some people like a, a little stiffer draw. Some people like them a little looser. But we make we build in a retention point so that you can adjust it with a with a little screwdriver. Do you have? Can you make them with different cans too? We do. We okay. can we can make anything from a straight up and down draw to we can go as much as twenty two degrees. That's a that's a very excessive. But wow. We, but we can. <laughs> uh, you know, we do the FBI can't the fifteen degree mm-hmm. uh, and the ten degree also. So all kinds of colors, all that stuff. We if you can dream up a color and they make it, we can make you make you a holster. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, just ordered in some uh, some pink camo. Uh, it shipped out that's, today. That's for so. left hand, right? He, Absolutely. Okay, I heard he liked pink. Yeah, I got the gray. You saw. I don't know if you see my green one. I don't have it on today. But now, if somebody wanted to get a holster from you, how do they find you? They can find us at uh, www.leatherneck.tactical.com, mm-hmm. and we also have a Facebook page, Leatherneck okay. Tactical Concealment. Uh, either one of those. Um, check us out. Give us a phone call. Vet owned, operated. Yep. Now, our, what's your favorite gun? My favorite gun is going to have to be 1911. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm just a, I'm a die-in-the-wool Marine Corps. You know, it was a government-issue weapon for those guys and for us. And, you know, I just yeah. I just learned to love it. Can't watch you cut your teeth on? Yeah, it's kind of that. Uh, I'm also a big bolt gun guy, so uh, I do a lot of 308. Oh, yeah. I love long-distance shooting. I think I do, too. I'm starting to get more into that than some of the other stuff we've done. Well, yeah, there's room for all of it for me. Yeah, Any new yeah. products coming out? Uh, we constantly have something new coming out. Uh, you know, uh, we just try to keep coming up with new things and new ideas and new and better ways to, you know, expand on what we already do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do. We have some new some new gear. We're turning our holsters out in a totally different way. Uh, some new processes that are a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Um, so are you are you Strictly Kydex, or do you do other materials as well, like leather or uh, hybrid type stuff? We or? we do we are, we do have a few that we're running uh, that we do the hybrid. Yeah, we do we do some hybrid holsters. It's not our not our main thing, but you know we get special requests and we we will do those for them. Okay. Awesome. I mean that's the whole thing about being a custom shop. You know we can we can adapt to whatever the customer's looking for. Awesome. So. Well, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for coming on. Guys. Thanks appreciate for everything it. you're doing. Appreciate for, uh, the donations yeah. that you made here tonight. Uh, hopefully, I, I hadn't heard the the results and the tallies on everything mm-hmm. yet, but uh, hopefully, we'll. Looks get, like they sold almost those, everything. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how mine came out. I know I I, I racked up pretty good. I ended up with uh, Rob Pincus's training. Oh, did you get that? Absolutely. Nice. So I'm looking fun. forward to that. Are you going to go to the Knoxville one? I, that's May seventh. I'm looking at my schedule to I see if I can uh, yeah, if I can get in. I'm on that. I'm going to go. I'm definitely yeah, going. Uh, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm hoping I can make that one. I just got to check my schedule and yeah. make sure I can I can do that we that may quick. Be there with you. Well, be, that would be <laughs> awesome. if that's the one you go to, let's know and we'll carpool or something. Yeah, save some gas. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Man, I filled up on the way up here right now. It's three fifty one down in Murfreesboro. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Ooh, and I've noticed that several stations have been out. Of gas. Yeah. Been to a couple and they're just been like completely out. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. So now we we just finished watching the movie and it was powerful. Very, very powerful movie. Powerful. Um, Actually motivated me, I was going to ask you guys about this too, to figure out what we can do uh, being outside of law enforcement, what we could put together. I know, you know, talking to Jay and David and and other police officers have been on the show. One big thing we hear constantly is just the money for the extensive training. I mean, they they say we've probably had more training than they have going to all the tactical trainings that we had. And, I mean, that's one thing that we could try to put together or, 
you know, more vest or let's equipment let's or Let's let everybody like introduce that, themselves so. first. So, so yeah, I guess it. I could say that before I say we're going <laughs> to Our listeners know who we're talking They to. think we're talking to ghosts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You ready for me? Right. Yeah, you yeah, got to get uh, about an inch away. Okay, from me. I'm, I'm Sheriff Robert Bryan from Wilson County. Okay. Chief James Hambrick from Mount Julie Police Department. And uh, I'm Chief Scott Bourne from the Lebanon Police Department. So y'all are the rivals. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we're brothers, can't you tell? I, mean, I, you know, I, I don't have no rivals. <laughs> you get along with everybody, don't you? Yes, yes. That's what it's about, right? That's right. a sheriff yeah. for you. I mean, that's, that's well, a guys, first off, I want to I want to thank you for everything yeah. that you do Absolutely. for us and our our community to help keep us safe and protected. I mean, we can't thank you enough. And this is kind of our way of giving back. We just don't feel like we do enough. But thank you, guys, no. sincerely. We really appreciate y'all being here. I mean, just getting the word out and and letting people, you know, let it be a voice getting out to the public. Uh, all, you know, all across the nation, I said it tonight. You know, that this this building should have been packed. Yeah, it should have it should have been full. I agree. Uh, the fire department should be walking in here telling us we got too many people in here. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, but we had a good crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we, this that's what this movie does is gets it gets the word out and it's re, it's really yeah. helped support. And it's kind of you guys are kind of in your infancy in in this uh, this event. This is the second year that you've done it. Right. And uh, I think you probably had a better response this year than you did last year so it's going to be one of those things that each year gets a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger and it's going to grow right. yes and that, that's we're what going to we help want, you guys do that's that that's what we want to happen right. and uh yeah. there's a good crowd and and uh they've raised they've raised a lot of money in that. And, and one thing i was thinking during the movie as i was watching it and i'm guilty of this too we all get into which is deservedly so thanking the troops thanking all the people that deal with this thanking all that. and then it hit me i'm like i don't think the law enforcement officers the same way I do with our right. troops, which the troops deserve it too. But we're forgetting you, fire department, you know, all the people that protect us, whether it's overseas somehow or it's in our backyard. Right. So. And, and, and the thing too we need to realize is a lot of my guys are military folks also. Sure. I think I've got five that have served overseas at one time or another. So, you know, and, and that is true. I mean, obviously, you know, with, with the war going on right now, that's that's a main focus. But, you know, these guys are on the front line fighting every day. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and so that's something we have to remember. You know, I was blessed last year was the first year I got to go up to Police Memorial Week. Uh, and uh, just to see the candlelight visual, just to be there and see it mm-hmm. is just amazing. You know, you probably got forty to 50,000 police officers and their families there. And the people you meet, you know, we've, we've become best friends with a guy from London. Uh, sure. that we've we've met up with and now he comes to the states and he came to nashville last year and we hung out together and and uh so the people you meet there and just seeing the families and and uh you know it it, it really hits home uh you know and to see the tributes to what's done and then you see the names that the people that are going on the wall right at that point and you see the the families and it's just a, it's amazing week it really is and and like I said Jay and David's done a lot from our side of it and and that's one of the biggest things this thing does you know it helps pay because there is cost for a bus to go up and right. but I tell you walking down there that night and and seeing my patch and Mount Juliet's patch and the Wilson County Sheriff's Department's patch on that bus knowing that the family members were there and were being taken care of it makes awesome. you makes you feel really really proud to know and and you know unfortunately for us it's it's uh. You know, it hit home real hard, you know, 10 or 11 years ago when when uh, uh, Jerry Mundy and John Music were killed. And uh, so that's why it was special last year because that was the 10th, 10th anniversary. 
And so, uh, you know, it, it really does. It, it, it says a lot when our guys are up there helping the families. You know, I think there's two going on the wall this year from Tennessee, and they've already made contact with those families and will be there to support them and, and do what they need. Let me say one thing. Originally, sure. when, when 11 years ago when uh, Jerry Mundy and John Music got killed, tra- got killed tragically, that was the first year we really ever been involved in the Police Memorial Week. And as it was said earlier prior to the shows, nobody knew what – to do when, once they got to Washington. They knew there was a memorial and, and right, all these yeah. events, but nobody knew what to do. And what this event, what since then, it seems like the state of Tennessee have, has united. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now the state of Tennessee, anybody that's killed in the line of duty, uh, you know, they've got your David St- Stolinskis and they've got your Jay Spicers and different ones who've been there, mm-hmm. who's assisted these families. So they're the one organizing it so these families don't have to worry about right. which way to go or you know what, who needs to pick me up or what where Kinda I need to like be at what time. Ambassadors that, that, yeah, the, they're like the, the ambassadors so yeah. the families won't have to worry about it. And I've seen a lot of that here, here recently as far as us locally being involved in this week. And that's very important with the the size and scope of that event. Family that goes up there, I mean, they're already grief-stricken, Correct. you know, and then to be able to find their their way around that whole, you know, that whole thing, I mean, that, that speaks lots for them to be able to, to go up there and uh, be able to help them navigate that. Sure. We, uh, again, appreciate what you guys are doing. And if, you know, the, the film is moving, uh, it's real. It's dealing with real lives. Um, as Sheriff said, it should be a packed place. I, my desire is that just some of the essence will be captured because, as you said, we oftentimes think, and, and deservedly so, thank our military, uh, but law enforcement and, and first responders uh, get left out. And some of that, I wish this could be bottled up, just a little bit of the essence and taken to every supermarket or Walmart uh, where there's a parent saying to a kid, if, hey, if you don't be quiet, he's going to take you to jail <laughs> and yeah. get to see the realness of it. Because in that regards, we're made out to be the enemy. Sure. Uh, exactly. And, and uh, we're yeah. not. And, and so. I experienced it with my daughter just, when was it I got that ticket? What, six months ago, something like that? Which one? <laughs> frequent, Only one. Fr- frequent flyer. Which, which ticket there, Zeke? Well, I got pulled over, and I was in the talking lead vehicle, you know, wrapped up with all the stuff, and my daughter's in the back seat freaking out. And I was like, what's wrong? She goes, he's going to take you to jail. I was like, no, he's not. I, I said, I've got an expired tag. I know what he's pulling me over for. I said, he's going to come up, talk to me. He'll give me a ticket. That's it. I pay the ticket, and I'll be done. I'll just get my tags renewed. No, but he's going he's gonna to grab you. And, and I'm like, my daughter's eight. And right. she was saying she was scared of the police officer. I kept okay. trying to say, so I got him to stay there and talk to me after he wrote the ticket. And I, I said, see, he's a nice guy. And then he reached back there and he talked to her for a little while. And I was just trying to say, you know, they're here for us. Right. Yeah. Makes a huge difference. And, you know, one thing that we've seen, we have seen, in my opinion, a lot more support after 9-11. Sure. Uh, you know, that's been a more of a, uh, you know, outpouring. But, but you know, we, we, uh, we're real blessed here in Wilson County. Uh, that we, you know, John and, you know, Jerry, it's been 11 years, you know, but it could happen tonight, it could mm-hmm. happen in the next few minutes. And there's so many people that we're dealing with, you know, now that are dangerous. And, and let me say this, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, and I know your show is, is geared towards guns and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, the people that legally carry guns, those are not the people we deal with. You're not worried about it. It's, it's not. It, no, I'm not worried yeah. about the, the the legal gun permit carrying folks. Amen. It does. It, it just. It's the gang bangers, the constant yeah. drug dealers, the convicted felons. Those are the people. You know, we just, we don't have problems out of legal carrying a uh, gun carrying people. You know, I know here recently the the chief in Detroit took a huge hit over saying if more people would go armed in my city, crime would go down. Yeah. Well, I believe that too. But on the flip side of that, you know, we just had a bill here passed by our Senate that basically is going to allow anybody to carry an open gun with no check, no permit, no training, no nothing. I think Haslam uh, dropped it, didn't he? Well, not yet. It okay, hadn't made it to him yet. The House has still got a vote. Yeah. Okay. But now me, I'm not in support of that, Robert, and I've talked about it because there needs to be some training. There needs to be some background checks. You know, yeah, and I told, I've, I've said this today. Actually, I said this today and uh the uh, handgun carry permit in the state works. We want the law-abiding citizens to have guns. True. That, I mean, they should, and that's their it right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, and I'll stand behind it 100%, and these two fellows will too, yeah. but if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and we'll stand behind it and support it. In Mount Juliet, we offer the handgun safety class, and I'm pro-Second Amendment, but I'm for some structure. Um, yeah. You know, to, to and we we preach about that on our show too. I mean, just because you go out and get your permit doesn't mean you you are a responsible gun owner and know how to use your gun. So, you know, we advocate continuous training. Right. And, you know, here it's a minimum. You have to do eight hours to get your permit. And you know, we even our guys off duty, we make our guys carry concealed. We don't want you know we. And every time for us, every time somebody goes into Walmart with a with a uh, carry permit and they carry it not concealed, people start calling. Right. Yeah. You know, and then it's does this guy you know is he supposed to be in here armed? And so to me, it's just going to be a nightmare for us. And like I said, there's no background check. Yeah. There's no training requirement. I mean, the thing they do we we taught the classes also is it does tell you, hey, look, you have to be responsible with this. You know, you know, with great responsibility. You right. know, great and, power and comes great up, responsibility. Up to, to guys like you and us and you know the responsible gun owners and carriers to spread that word and that new really encourage people to do that we don't need to leave it up to our politicians and our lawmakers to to do that we need to do it ourselves take on that responsibility ourselves absolutely and we won't have to deal with things like this absolutely tell us uh you know we just came out of the movie um tell us tell us your thoughts on it well i mean it's it it's an eye-opening i mean we know we, you, you guys we, live it day in, day out. Day, yeah. And we go home not worried about our men and women that work for us. We don't want to get that phone call at night. Right. And uh, that the movie shows shows the you know the dangers that are out there yeah. in police work and, and there's some bad and I think what they're I think the message that they were trying to convey is because they didn't really focus on other than the people that survived but they you saw what they were focused on were the people that it affected the mm-hmm. families the friends their right. co-workers right, right you know how that devastation of, of death or an injury yeah. well we know firsthand that it right. not yeah. only affected the, an agency but the lay person like ourselves yeah. right. you know we don't really we don't really think about that yeah. it know? affects a community it really? does, and it, it did. It, it, it affected this it affected entire community. community. I, I mean, yeah, it, it that one, a, that one fellow, Lopez from from New York, was it New York or New Jersey? Uh, Nassau, Nassau. Nassau, I think that's true. Nassau County. Yeah. yeah, I mean, over ten thousand, twenty thousand people showed up for that. I mean, and that's another thing. You very see. when 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 something tragic like this happens, you'll see how law enforcement come together because mm-hmm. yeah. they're a family, it's a brotherhood. It's right. a brotherhood, yeah. and uh, you, you see that we saw you it. it we saw scale. we saw we saw it right right here in this county. 10, 11 years ago. Right. Yep. And uh, there was people coming Put all from your all differences over. aside and 
came together for, for the one cause. That's yeah. correct. Well, we don't deal with too many differences. <laughs> <laughs> I know we have a great well, work That's another show. Here. We'll get into yeah. that. We'll have you guys back on. We'll talk about but, that. But you're talking about the, the you know, what, what we saw here. But to go to D.C. and see it there on mm. that scale – like I said, that last it's year was the first amazing. time I got to go, and the night of the candlelight vigil, and there's probably forty to 50,000 cops there and their families, and, right. you know, they've got – it's just – I mean, it is, is unreal. They basically take Washington, D.C. over. Wow. I mean, uh, they, they really do. We had – we were walking down the street one day, and some guys started yelling something about pigs and this kind of stuff, and we're like – this is probably not the week you want to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, because every, everywhere you, it would not be the right one. Yeah, that that was that was we we're kind of looking around at each other like, yeah, that's probably not. But but to see how, in, in like the bike ride they're talking about, I mean, yeah. these guys ride from New York City to DC to DC, yeah. and a lot of them. Here's the thing, it didn't say a lot of these people start like in Florida and they ride to New York and then to DC. Wow. I mean, they they'll ride for a couple weeks. I mean, and the money they raise for that is just. Phenomenal, um, and, yeah, and right I think now you said that bike ride was what one point seven million. Right. million. Yeah. And see, and right now some of them bikers have come through absolutely. And and state. and the big thing now, obviously, is they're trying to get the new museum open. Mm-hmm. There's a new museum that they're trying to get open now, and with it's in been, connection right, with the memorial. That, that's right. That's right. And so there's been some pushback, you know, trying to get funding for it and that kind of stuff. So, but to be there that week and to see what goes on and to see the respect and and that kind of stuff and to get to p- talk to people from all over the world, not just mm-hmm. the United States, sure. is just amazing. And and what they do when they go pick the families up and bring them in, and like I said. We all we're we're three blessed because we've got a guy from each of our departments, uh, you know, B.J. Stafford, Davis Delinsky, and Jay Spicer. They take care of those families while they're there. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, awesome. and and they, you know, because it, it's a tough time on them. I mean, yeah. it really is. You you see those young kids who miss their mom or their dad, and you see that wife, and then you see their colleagues that yeah. Yeah. that you know go up there and 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 to see the makeshift memorials like David was talking about mm-hmm. tonight, you know, and. And, uh, uh, you know, for us, we, uh, it's been almost a hundred years for us, right at a hundred years since we had someone killed. We had a chief kill back in the early 1900s. Wow. Uh, and so it's been a long time for us. And, and you want to keep it, that going. Absolutely. absolutely you know, yeah, but I'm going to tell you something. I was the FOP president here when we built the memorial, our memorial over to sheriff's department. And at the time we hoped we would never, ever put any more names on it. Right. And we did. And one, one cool thing that we did, uh, when we did that is there were several of those people on there that their names had not been on, put on the wall in Washington. Mm-hmm. So we actually had to go back and do all the research and get their death certificates and that kind of, kind of wow. stuff. So everyone that's on that memorial now is on the memorial in, in D.C. Awesome. But, you know, when we built that one, we said we hope and pray we never have to put anybody on there. And, and, we'll and we have. And, and, you know, we could tomorrow. And, yeah. Right. In, in, and, any time, you know, you hate building mon- – you hate having to – To build you know, a put, mon- yeah, memorial. Yeah, you hate, but you worry about it. I might put another name on that at some point. And you just it, – it really sticks on you. Yeah. Right. And I think you guys know that going into your line of work part yeah, of the business. Yeah, and, and th- these men and women – that we're talking about in law enforcement, they they get up every morning or every afternoon to go to work. They strap that gun gun on, thinking they're gonna come back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their families, I keep saying families, their families think they're gonna be back home, just like the guy spoke up tonight. Right. He thought mommy was gonna go pick, come pick come yeah. pick her up. Sure. And they don't. And that's it, just a it's 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 a very uh, uh, it's a rewarding line of work mm-hmm. but it's very very dangerous yeah, yeah. That one guy said i mean they, they don't get paid enough right. yeah. Yeah. for another year we were here last year uh different film 
but you know same content and uh this one um as well and i i wish we didn't have to have a a movie or, right. or event like this uh but the reality is as you said we go into this line of work and we mostly most of us feel it's a calling uh, to go into this line of work, and we know that those are possibilities yeah. for any of us or, or our men and women mm-hmm. on any given day. And so uh, we just, uh, it, it's to bring awareness again to It takes a special the breed to be able to do do what you guys and these men and women do mm-hmm. day in and day out. Because as, as it was said and stated, um, we have to run to what other people are running from. So. Sure. Yeah, it's part of it. And we thank you all for that. And for a fun question, let's go down the line. What's your favorite gun? Doesn't have to be your carry weapon. It could be something in your safe. Uh, actually, I just bought my favorite weapon. I've always okay. wanted a uh, Beretta 92FS. A friend of mine had one when I very first started. Yeah. Awesome shooting gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, a buddy of mine had a couple and wanted to get rid of them. One here recently. And uh, now for carry purposes, you know, I, Glock to me is just oh, yeah. a, well above and beyond. We carry the, the 21s at my mm-hmm. department. Uh, I personally like the 19 as an administrator. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I, I haven't got to shoot it yet, but it's sure. uh, it's it's coming. You know, I'm going to get me some uh, – I joked to him I was going to be like Pat and get me some ivory handles to go on it, you know. Because <laughs> yeah, I made them yeah. – yeah. you, 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 you said something else. I'll, yeah, not pearl handles. That's, pearl handles. I think we know what – pearl-handled Beretta. I think we know what Pat said about the pearl handle ones, I believe. If we, we won't go into that on this family show. But, that's one that's but on my bucket believe. list, too. The 92 FS with the pearl handles. <laughs> I'm a uh, pearl handles. I don't think you. I don't think you, can, don't think you can beat the pearl handles. Uh-uh. <laughs> but I do. I like uh, you know the, the the 19 as well. Being a proud military, uh, I was kind of partial to the Beretta, mm-hmm. uh, to the 45 yeah. that we carry. We carry Glocks now, and I you know it served. Uh, oftentimes. Uh, Though I like just hammerless snub nose. There you go. Yeah, I'm a revolver guy too. That's what I like. Well, when I first started, uh, my, f- my first issued gun was a, a Ruger Ruger 357. Okay. Yeah. Was it? Uh, yeah, that thing was a oh. it was a hoss, man. <laughs> go, you c- couldn't go wrong with that one. Uh, but Hold you know, me, over the yeah. years we moved we moved on, and uh, I'm I'm like them. Got Glock 19, and that's pretty much you know yeah. I'm I'm used to it. It works. Enjoy it. Yeah. They're, runs. they're, they're good, hard to, good. It's hard good, to deny. You know, Glock. Good, good, reliable. We're Glock guys ourselves. Oh yeah. Even you, though I want a Smith and Wesson 500 want, next. You want some pearl handles? <laughs> <laughs> <Pearl handle. laughs> I'm more of a whole grip kind of. You start kinda a pearl. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we appreciate y'all doing this and uh, coming on the show and kind of talking about it a little bit. And we want to keep in touch with you too because we'd love to help out any way we can. Yeah. Oops. Whenever you guys have special events or whatnot, anything you want to promote. Give us a shout. We'll be glad to help out. We really appreciate you. We appreciate there. it. And hopefully um, in the, uh, for the next one, we can schedule and coordinate it in advance to where mm-hmm. nothing else is scheduled on that date because there's been a lot of different things on this yeah. night. By the way, really? it's his birthday today. Oh, oh happy, happy birthday. birthday. Mine's birthday tomorrow. Tuesday. Yeah. See? Yeah. <laughs> good, good week to be born. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mine's next week. So, uh, <laughs> Some of the people yeah, that donated. Like everybody that helped uh, yeah, donate um, to this cause. Our buddy Rob Pincus, PDN and ICE, they donated a boatload of DVD, training DVDs, and then um, that gift certificate. That Jeff Blanton That Jeff Blanton won. won, yeah. yeah. So that's going to be cool. So hopefully we can hook up with him in Knoxville on that. Griff at Combat Flip Flops, combatflipflops.com. 
Dax at Cantu Bruner Designs, CantuBrunerDesigns.com. Thin blue line pen. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Uh, Jeremiah, buddy, it's Savoie Leather. And is it SavoieLeather.com? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Jeremiah, Savoie, thank you, buddy. Um, awesome snakeskin holster that he donated. Uh, Kenny and Robbie at Vet Made Ammo. They uh, donated 500 rounds of 9 mil. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And they are vetmadeammo.net. Check them out. Uh, Gabe and Randy at Northside Guns. I hope this will get a lot of this stuff together and uh, get things rolling. Shopnsg.com. Shopnsg.com. Uh, HG Press, Holder and Green Professional Real Estate Services, uh, donated a couple of items for the uh, the auction as well. And, of course, they're 1-800-615-1840, extension 2222. And um, the guys at the Nashville TV show for, for donating that script and uh, the swag that they had uh, as well. So thanks to everyone. That's uh, made that possible. Appreciate it. And as always, left hand, you keep your loved ones close. Keep your firearms closer. closer.